ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks, nerds, fanboys, and girls of all ages around the globe, you have come to the right place if you're looking for news on comic books, comic book TV, comic book film, anime video games, and lots more. You have reached the Vigilant Geek Podcast. My name is Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media, and with me, as always, my comic book partner in crime... Holden Orm. ...who is also of Vigilant Geek Media. That's right. And this week, we have a compelling episode for you, where we do a rundown of the DC TV universe, something we actually haven't been able to really cover uh, so far since we've been running this podcast. I do have some... uh, some blog articles put up uh, on the Vigilant Geek blog. Uh, if you if you're into DC TV, uh, you you might want to check them out. Although they're they're pretty outdated at this point. Uh, they're from probably back uh, Flash season one, Arrow season three type stuff. But you, if you if you want to check out the blog, uh, always go to uh, thevigilantgeek.blogspot.com. Uh, and, and there's all sorts of neat articles there on various topics, comics, video games, what have you, uh, for your reading pleasure. So, um, Holden... Uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little Arrow first, I figure, because Arrow was, uh, what started this DC, this, this vast DC TV universe, uh, that we're now able to, uh, sit here and analyze. Uh, and then we'll follow it up with some Flash. We'll talk a little Flash. And then we'll, uh, talk some Legends, Legends of Tomorrow, which has become, like, my new favorite show. Mm, it's so good. <laughs> I just, I love how, they're finding ways to actually use DC fringe characters. It's like the people who are doing the TV content for, for DC should really teach the people who are running the publishing aspect of it, uh, on how to bring back some of these. Oh, fringe God, characters. yeah. They're genius. And, and, uh, it's almost like, you know, uh, the bullpen over at DC, the comic books, you know, the creative, uh, talent over there, you know, they, they could really, uh, take a few pages out of the, their book, you know, the Mark Guggenheim, Andrew Kreisberg and others on how to like exactly like how to remarket like, you know, Ray Palmer, the Atom and make them cool and make them a character that people want to read about. Or, you know, same thing with like Firestorm, like, like the Firestorm from the TV show. If they did a book on, Mar- you know, Dr. Stein, like I'd, I would read it. I'd read it. They, they had one initially at the beginning of the new 52, but then. Did you read it? No. Uh, I was I curious. I, did, I had no idea who Firestorm was. Um, yeah. And I mean, but the, the character in itself, um, it's like two human beings fused together and they have control over matter, which kind of makes them like the molecule man from Marvel. Only in this case, yeah, that's like extreme power. That's like crazy. So like if you have any knowledge of chemistry or, or makeup of certain elements, like you, you have the mastery to go ahead and shift it to your will as Firestorm. It's insane. Wow. I mean, they could do so much. Another character they could do so much with right there and uh you know what what are they doing they're they're sitting in the you know not even 
yeah. thinking about it. Just pretty much the entire Legends of Tomorrow roster. Oh, every one of those characters should have their own book. Or at least have a Legends of Tomorrow book like yeah they have adaptations for for the television series for the flash and arrow and which have they they've actually uh, done a great job on those too you know if you've read i read the arrow one um and i know uh the flash one's good too uh and they and they you know i'm sure they'll have something like that for legends as well uh but they should you know they 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 could do so much more they could market so much more yeah. and they don't i don't and- know why that is I mean, lately with DC, I think um, they've they've actually had a lot of great miniseries come out recently, and they're they're almost a lot stronger than their regular monthly books. I I don't see why you couldn't find somebody who's got uh, an established writer. I'm sure you could go ahead and get an established writer to go ahead and write these six as a six issue miniseries on on Hawkman or Hawkgirl. I'd love that. I love Adam yeah. or Firestorm or, or Rip Hunter or any of these characters. Yeah, who doesn't want to read you know a miniseries on an effeminate English man who travels through time? I would. I love that. <laughs> it's great. It's called Doctor Who, and it's an enormous <laughs> hit across the world, Andrew. How dare you? No, 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 but Rip Hunter is like a badass, and they really push that hard, like, all the time. So, just, it's, so it's a little different, you know? Uh, it's it's really not very believable. They're really shoving it down your throat that, like, he's this super badass, like, time traveler guy. And he's just like, oh, I have a really proper voice. And oh, do that thing you do every time at the beginning of the episode. Oh God! Like <laughs> he's talking about the plot of the show. When the show opens, the music starts playing. Dun 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 dun. dun. In 2046, uh, Vandal Savage conquered the world and murdered my wife and child. Oh, yeah. And it's like it just—it's it, like you should have more like it, like like just rage, like enthusiasm based on your rage that he like killed your family. And it's just like it sounds like you're falling asleep as you're telling me this like in 2046 vandal savage conquered the world and murdered my wife and child (sighs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's like it should be like and that bastard murdered my wife and child son of a bitch i'm gonna fucking come after him and chop his freaking head off that's what I'd be like, you know. Is uh, oh, I guess he murdered my wife and child. Uh, oh, uh, my wife and child. Uh, oh, don't blame Rip Hunter. He must be occupied. No, honestly, like Rip Hunter kind of annoys me, like the character in the show. But um, you know, all those other like awesome characters, and you know, like Captain Cold and Heat Wave, even like they are. They're awesome on that show. So good. Um, I don't know. I don't really think that uh, Captain Cold offed him. I think I don't know because we didn't get to really see what happened. No, I don't think he did that. See, like he waves hanging out somewhere. We don't know where he is right now, but he's definitely not dead. No. Captain Cold wouldn't do that. He just Len- Leonard Snart is never gonna kill Rory. It's just not gonna happen. I no, think. they're just gonna bicker and fight, and then Rory's gonna. First be of all, I I am a true believer that the rogues don't kill to begin with. They don't kill. They're all about the score. They don't kill. Yeah, at the beginning know? at the uh, at the beginning in, in the first season of the Flash, Captain Cold was actually killing a lot. Which I just, know. He was he was they were kind of going a little nuts with it. Yeah, I wasn't digging that, but because it, it, like this is not you know. That's not the rogues. I mean, they haven't really, they didn't really form the rogues, like, until, uh, I want to say, like, 
at least the end of season one, you, you don't really see any of them together until then. And then, I mean, they pretty much have come together, uh, you know, mid season two. Uh, let's see what they got the weather wizard and gold glider Mick and yeah. And of course, you know, Captain Cole, Leonard snart, uh, and then, uh, trickster should be a part of it. I don't know if he is in the show yet, but I don't see, they've introduced him already. So that was a really great episode. Oh, Mark Hamill is the trickster, man. We'll get into that. It was fantastic. It was like. Like he plays the trickster like he did, like, like he did the Joker when he did the, um. The animated, the, the, the voice, animated the voice series. work, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it was really fun to, like, watch. Yeah, everyone loved that episode. Mark Hamill had such a big year this year. Like, you know, he, uh, played trickster on Flash. He, uh, got the part, obviously, along with Kevin Conroy for the killing joke. Uh, which is gonna be phenomenal. It's gonna be such a great animated adaptation. I cannot wait. Not only is it rated And then R, Star Wars! Oh, Star Wars was a, a, the biggest deal. And he was like hardly in that movie. He probably made like 20 million dollars. Oh yeah, just being in it, you know? But, but it was just, he had such a great year for himself and I love Mark Hamill and he's a huge comic book guy and he's done a lot for the industry even though like, you know. He's done some creator own stuff too. Yeah. Nothing that I can think of off the top of my head, but I'm aware that he's attempted it. Yeah, he's just, Mark Hamill is just, he's, he's a fucking really cool guy and I'm just, I'm happy for him, but, you know, yeah, he was awesome in The Flash, getting back on topic. We are talking the DC TV universe. Um, yeah, I suppose, uh, I suppose we should get into a little arrow. Let's start with the series that started it all, and let's, uh, let's break down Arrow just a little, and, uh, we'll talk just season by season, I suppose. What do you say? Um, let's, let's get to it. Like the, the first season was an enormous deal because this is like the first time that DC tried anything that was live action in like since Smallville. And even then Smallville wasn't trying to be an actual adaptation of the books. It was meant to be a Superman spinoff for high school age kids. Yeah, it was a snore. That's just my opinion. I was into it for three years and then I had... Real life adult issues that I had to worry about and didn't yeah, have the time. Yeah, you to couldn't watch it. focus on Clark Kent's uh, teenage issues anymore. No, I just I couldn't. Didn't have didn't have time. And then and then in, they did a bunch of other seasons after that. So I guess it did like fairly well. But then uh, I don't know. I just could never get back into it. Yeah, to hell with it. You know, yeah. but the uh, arrow. <laughs> well, actually, in Smallville, they I think that's when they first got the idea of trying to make an arrow show because they had the green arrow. Uh, they had um, Oliver Queen green arrow character in in the uh, which Smallville. is which is dumb because Oliver Queen doesn't become the green arrow until much later. You know, Oliver Queen would have been like a playboy at that point during his teenage years. Yeah, well, they must have sped up the timeline. They took a lot of liberties during that. Same thing with Aquaman. They had like some kid dressed up like Aquaman or I don't know, but he doesn't become Aquaman until later in life, I thought. Something, I don't know. I only saw the first three seasons and all that stuff like happened afterwards, which I'm kind of irritated by because it sounds like something I might have actually been into. But yeah, to hell with it. Anyways, that, uh, I guess the Oliver Queen character there tested well enough that they went ahead and, uh, 
gave uh, the Arrow himself his own show, and they adapted it off of um, the Island storyline, and they kind of did this storytelling where they told uh, two stories at the same time during an episode. One would be backstory from the island, and then the other one would be whatever Ollie happened to be doing during present time. Which was sort of like the Green Arrow year one, if you will, like when he's first starting out. And yeah, no, I really like that, how they, uh, they'd bring you to, back to the island, and then they'd bring you to present day, what's, you know, what's he up to now, and then back to the island, and then that's how they'd run the whole season. And, you know, you get to see, like, all these year one of him, like, you know, being a vigilante and really just more of an assassin than anything else, actually. He's, he's killing a lot of people. Oh, For, yeah. Season one is badass because he, like, he is just taking people out with a bow and arrow. He was like, yeah, he's, it he is, the, it's fucking cool. He was the punisher with a bow and arrow. Pretty, pretty much, much, yeah. 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 He, he shows up. You failed this city, arrow, like, dead. Yeah, he's just picking people off uh, from his dad's like uh, book, his list of bad people or people that he was in business with. Or... I liked, I liked how they got closure on that, on um, on the, that list, and how they kind of concluded that storyline, and you found out what was really going on within the first season. Yeah, they've yeah. done a really good job. Kind of each each season is kind of a story arc in itself that runs about twenty three to twenty four episodes. Yeah, it's great. It's great, and it's almost like two story arcs at the same time in the first couple seasons when they're doing the island, and they're doing, you know, uh, flashback, and then current day, and then flashback, and then present day, you know? Uh, so you get, like, two-in-one package deal there. You get twice the excitement, if you will. But yes. uh, season one, uh, you know, it had a lot of great DC characters, like Huntress, Deadshot, uh, Bronze Tiger, China White. Who else am I leaving out? Dark Cl- Archer. Clock King. Clock King was in, was he in season one or season two? Oh, hmm. Think, 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 think. Oh, well, Count Vertigo. Count Vertigo, yep. Another one. He was definitely there. Yeah, I liked, uh, I liked what they did with the Vertigo drug and how that they kind of like had, that they played the little, you know, Vertigo, uh, side effect that way, uh, as opposed to, you know, some of the other ways Count Vertigo has been portrayed in the comics with, uh, I mean, you'd probably know a little bit better than me, Holden, but, you know, like sometimes he has powers, sometimes he has this device that on him that causes people to be like hypnotized or, or messed up in the head or. And every incarnation that I've seen of the character before Arrow, um, I've seen him in a number of animations. I've uh, read him in the books. Yeah. Um, it just seems like he's, his, his powers are always derived from this device, this creepy implant thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, I've seen that as well, yeah. I think the last time we saw Count Vertigo, if you read the, the rag, you know, the Green Arrow book, uh, it would probably be Villains Month, uh, two years ago, that was 2013. Uh, well, that would be just about three years ago, going on three years ago. Uh, yeah, Villains Month was the last time he popped up, I believe. I haven't seen Count Vertigo since, but like we've talked about in the last DC update, um, 
you know, they've been doing some wacky things with Green Arrow for a while, so. Yeah, he's really, uh, he's got a really weak rogues gallery. Yeah, and, uh, it's funny you mention that, because as we go into more Arrow, um, we start talking about all the things that are actually borrowed from Gotham City and borrowed from the Batman storyline because of the lack of solid rogues and solid, uh, you know, folklore from the Green Arrow, uh, story yeah. uh a lot of things were borrowed from batman which i i'm not a fan of and we'll get to that um i think it doesn't do any favors for the character or building the character as a a fan favorite at all if anything it makes turns people off from the character and well you if, know. unless they're not really familiar with the books or anything that right. DC's provided and in which right. case you're going to side with the show over oh yeah else. Exactly. And for a lot of people, the show kind of is the thing that dictates, you know, the storyline and, and, and the origin of the character. Oh, it's starting to across the entire industry. I yeah. mean, everything, everything that's gone on within the films has been reflected in, in Marvel's line as well. Right. Like from the, the actual design of Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter Quill's getup was a lot different before oh, yeah. that movie. Yeah, and, yeah, all they used to all wear the same uniform and it was like blue and kind of tacky. And, and he had this weird mask and uh helmet thing. Well, it was similar to the mask and helmet he had in the movie. Is it? I thought they were different. It, it, it it's pretty similar. I mean, they're a little different, but yeah, he has that that mask helmet thing in the movie. He doesn't wear it a lot, but he has like a button that he presses and he goes on his face so but yeah no the costume is very different because they used to they used to wear like sort of it it looked like uh i don't know like like an outfit that a space cop would wear you know except blue like a green lantern outfit but blue like an old school green lantern outfit but blue oh nice like guy old school guy gardener green lantern outfit but blue oh that uh, that um that like biker jacket that he's always kind of wearing. Yeah, they it had, like a bomber jacket, really. Yeah, it looked kind of like a bomber jacket, and and that's sort of what the Guardians had, but blue. And it, it was kind of tacky, I admit. But they 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 had him in a different uniform at the end, the red, the dark burgundy red. I kind of like that. They looked kind of badass. So I can't wait for that uh, sequel movie to come out. I, James Gunn is such a great filmmaker. I I love what he did with Guardians. So cool. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I don't even know if they've started filming on that yet. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't heard anything. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to s- see where they are, if they're going to start production anytime soon, or if they have and we just don't know. Um, but, yeah, all right, so let's get back to Little Arrow. Um, so we mentioned uh, what went on in Season 1, sort of, kind of. Oliver Queen fulfilling his father's... Last dying wish of killing everybody in a list of names in a book that he has. And then the final confrontation with Malcolm Merlin. The Dark Archer. Malcolm Merlin, who who is just a reoccurring prick. You know, he's just one of those nasty, big pricks that you just can't get rid of. I'm sure you ladies out there understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, they had this great thing going on with the Archer versus Archer thing, though. They oh, had, like, there's the, some great scenes, the, man. The Green Arrow versus the Black Arrow. Yeah, yeah, the Dark Archer. Um, great fight at, 
fight scenes between uh, Oliver and Malcolm. And, uh, yeah, they have that uh, undertaking, that's right, with the earthquake machine and Malcolm Merlin trying to, like, blow up or use the earthquake machine to destroy the Narrows so they can rebuild it. And, and then that's when they kind of stole the uh, League of Shadows from uh, from Batman there. Is that when that happened? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the first thing. But, I mean, the League of Shadows, or League of Assassins, I think is what they're called in comic book continuity. That is, see, that I don't mind, because the League of Assassins is, like, its own entity within the DCU. So anyone can encounter them. Green Lantern could technically encounter the League of Assassins, and I'd be okay with it. Wonder Woman could. Friggin' Lobo could have a duking out all out drag out brawl with the league of league of assassins and that would be okay with me yep because they are like their own thing like yes like they are like prominently part of batman folklore um but they've become their own thing within the dcu so that i'm okay with but yes that is the first thing technically that uh was stolen from the batman the batman folklore uh so yeah we got that, and then we get into season two where they start to, you start to hear more about the League of Assassins here and there, and Nissa Al Ghul shows up a few times, which is, you know, supposedly one of Raz Al Ghul's daughters, the one that they're using for this story, I guess. And then they introduce Sarah Lance as the Black Canary. Right, right. She's the, bra- uh, the Black Canary for most of the season. Uh, we got Roy Harper as the, well, I think he's, I mean, they call him Arsenal in the show, but really he, he's not supposed to be Arsenal until he goes off on his own, I thought. He was Red Arrow. Was I right about that? It depends. Uh, Green Arrow has been rebooted, and each time it's been fairly different. Mm. Um, with what I'm familiar with right now, Roy Harper was was a genius-level intellect that was very good at making weapons, and he helped Oliver design all his original trick arrows. Yeah. In the show, he's, um, his sister's girlfriend. No, boyfriend. My bad. Yeah, he's his sister's boyfriend, and he ends up becoming, uh, the... He's just a street rat. Yeah. I mean, he's, I guess he's, he's still technically the, 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 the sidekick, but like not in the capacity he was in the comics. They should have just called him Street Rat. That was should have been his name. Riff Raff Street Rat. <laughs> I don't buy that. Uh, is there anything Aladdin can't show us? Uh, uh, what if Aladdin was part of the League of Assassins? Getting killed by a genie that sounds like Robin Williams? That'd be fun. Yeah. Anyways, um... Now that I'm totally off kilter here with what we were talking about, uh, Roy Harper, yeah, so he starts developing like this, you know, kind of like a team. Uh, he's got John Diggle, of course, he, who's, you know, been sort of like had his back since season one. Oh, yes, Black Driver. But the Black Driver! Black Driver! <laughs> yeah, that's what he was, that's what, uh, Steve Amell was calling, uh, uh, the John Diggles, the guy who plays John Diggle, he's, he's calling him Black Driver. It was like, I don't know, little inside <laughs> joke that I thought was funny. Um, anyways, so you have him, you got, you got Canary, you got, uh, Roy Harper, 
uh, whatever the hell he was supposed to be. Yeah, if they're calling him Arsenal, then he's... Arsenal, Arsenal. yeah, he's Arsenal in the show, I'm pretty sure. And then, uh, you know, the big bad guy for season two was Deathstroke, was Slade Wilson. And the cool thing about that was, like, they were flashing back to the island again in season two, um, and, and showing a lot of, of Slade, island Slade, you know, Slade on the island with Oliver, training all- him and hanging out with him. And then like slowly but surely they, uh, they bring you to, uh, the flashback where Slade and Oliver have, you know, where things go wrong, basically. And then, you know, likewise, uh, they start to, at the same point in time, which is really cool, uh, uh, you know, when they bring you back to present day continuity, they, they release, they, they reveal Slade to be this, like, credibly malicious villain at this, like, like, almost the same time you find out what happened on the Super island. strong and mastermind yeah. intellect. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean. And was believed to be dead from season one. Right, right. And, and, you know, what Slade does to Starling City in that season, like, rivals what Bane does to Gotham City in Dark Knight Rises. Like, it is just catastrophe. It is a mess. It is so awesome. Season two of Arrow is the best season they'll have ever. It was just so friggin' good. Unbelievable. I don't really see any other types of characters. Well, I don't know. There might be, there might be somebody in a rogues gallery in there somewhere that, uh, can do things. I mean, I don't know. Season two is where I left off. I haven't seen any of season three or season four yet. And I heard, I heard, what was it? Season three, Oliver ends up, uh, training with the League of Assassins eventually. Um, in a way. Well, you know, the whole season revolves around Raz, Raz al Ghul, and the League. Um, and, you know, it was a pretty good season overall. Uh, it honestly wasn't as bad as some people like to say. Um, you know, they, once again, they borrowed some, a lot of shit from Batman. Um, Ali has a trial by combat with Raz. Of course, you know, you gotta have your shirt off for that, so you know, that was a big thing, and they had their shirts off, and doing the sword fighting thing, just like Bruce had to do with Roz, you know, you gotta fight him, you gotta fight him with your shirt off, you can't, you can't be wearing a shirt, you know, don't even try that shit. Mm. Yeah, take your shirt off, it doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter how you feel about your body. This is, this is how, this is how the assassins do business. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. Nothing but ripped muscles. Yeah. Hard ripped muscles and swords. So Raz al Ghul, uh, he wants Oliver to be his heir, be his heir to the throne of the demon's head, uh, which is another thing straight from Batman. Uh, Oliver declines and they do the trial by combat. Uh, Oliver loses the trial by combat. Uh, gets stabbed in the ribs and then falls off a cliff where he lays for probably a day or two and then is magically found by, uh, the katana. Um, I, f- I forget what her name actually was in the show, but she ends up becoming katana, um, another DC character. Mm-hmm. Um, so she saves him somehow. And he, uh, he goes back and the long of the short of it is it ends up being, you know, 
Roz, Roz come, Roz finds out that Oliver's alive. He comes back to Starling City and he basically says, I'm gonna destroy this city if you don't become my heir. So I think in an effort to, to save or, you know, preserve Starling City, Oliver agrees to become his heir at that point. And then he, he and, wears the black getup. Yeah, and then for a while he's almost a heel because he's acting like a prick and being like, you know, like he's acting like Ra's al Ghul and, you know, walking around in the League of Assassins garb and all that horse shit. Well, the gang, you know, Oliver's crew now, they go to uh Nanda Parbat, uh, you know, to try to rescue Oliver and they get imprisoned and all this stuff and Oliver just basically has to wait for the right moment to turn on Roz and you know save his city yet again and yada 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 um, what people really didn't like is at the end of that season uh, Oliver and Felicity get together and he says that he loves her and this and that and then they drive off and down the coast and to you know whatever and uh I don't know. I was impartial to it. I didn't really, you know, but, you know, that was where they left you at the end of season three. So you didn't know, like, a lot of people thought, like, you know, like, what the hell is going to happen now? Like, Oliver's leaving Starling City. Well, let's not forget that Oliver leaves Starling City at the end of pretty much every season. I mean, they had to find him in the island uh, at the beginning of season two, right? Yeah, he always takes a sabbatical. Yeah. Between, so like, goes he, somewhere where there's not people. He, he comes right back at the beginning of season four. No big deal. And uh, season four, we're about two-thirds through. Uh, the big bad guy from season four has, of course, been Damien Dark. Um, I don't even know him within the uh, the books. He's, you know, I don't really have a good idea about who he really is either, but um, I believe he's actually a villain from, like, the Justice League Dark books. Um, he has, like, these mystical powers not unlike Constantine. In fact, Constantine, they brought... Matt Ryan, who plays John Constantine in the Constantine series that got canceled, very unfortunate, just due to an unfortunate time slot, how many people are going to be staying home watching television at 10 p.m. on a Friday night? I don't know. Uh, clearly, that was, you know, a horrible, horrible time slot to, to put a great show like that. Anywho, uh, you know... In, a, in in big part due to Steve Amell, uh, they had Matt Ryan on as Constantine on the Arrow show. So he's, you know, John Constantine is in fact like part of the DC TV universe continuity, which is pretty cool. Um, and they, they, he gave Oliver some kind of like a blessing of some sort, uh, mystical blessing or something. That's like if you see one of, uh, all these tattoos on his, on his abs, like that's the one that Constantine gave him. Uh, they did like a whole backstory on that, which was pretty cool, but like Oliver has some kind of mystical power in him. Uh, we just don't really know much about it yet, but it's helping him against dark. Uh, and, and, and that's about all I know so far. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been all right. But once again, we want to talk about what they've stolen from Batman. Uh, Dark puts a hit out on Felicity, um, right around the same time. Well, maybe a week shy of her finding out about one of her, one of Oliver's bastard children. Um, and that's a whole thing too. That causes Felicity to leave him. 
Um, I know I'm spilling the whole show on you here, but no, you know. that's fine. I'll catch up eventually, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, we'll watch it together. It's no big deal. <laughs> Either way, um, they got Felicity. Uh, she got shot up like uh in a SUV or it was like an SUV limo, um, by dark thugs and. Uh, as a result, she's paralyzed and in a wheelchair and basically doing a whole Oracle bit. In fact, they even call her Oracle oh, on wow. the show. Wow. Yeah, like, that's, like, her code name, Oracle. And, like, you know, I was just, like, kind of put, had my uh, had my head in my hand over that one because I was, you know, I'm, of course, I'm a huge Batman guy, like a huge Bat historian. I've read most of the pertinent continuity over the years now, except for... Uh, uh, I, I have yet to read, um, what's the big one, uh, Nightfall. I haven't read Nightfall yet, but besides that, I've read most of the, you know, so 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 I'm upset over something like that, you know? You don't do that. That's a disrespect to Barbara Gordon, Barbara Gordon's story, and, you know, Batman continuity in general, so. And the most irritating thing about it is this show, by using all these Batman characters and storylines... They're just showing how good a live-action Batman television show would be done if they did it correctly. I know, but I they never know, will. I, like the, this whole experiment with over at Gotham is is terrible, and I think there are just people oh, watching God. it to, so that they can hiss and throw poop at the TV. <laughs> It is god awful, I tell you. Oh, but who's I, Jerome? No, I, no. <laughs> I still watch that show reluctantly, just because I want. I want to see like how bad it'll get. And it never ceases to amaze me. They just wrapped up this this Victor Freeze uh, two part story that they did. You know, because I'm still I'm up on the show. You know, and. uh Oh, it was just so god awful. It just made me sick. Like it, it, it didn't, it didn't follow the fucking story at all. It just, they, they just do, they take Batman continuity and then they shit all over it and then they just slap it up on Fox and just fucking, well, you watch it. <laughs> uh. Fuck you, you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm fucking watching it. I'm sitting there watching it. So who's the real sucker? That's the, you know. Oh. Man. Me, I'm the, I'm the I'm the sucker. I've gotten bad vibes from that show. Like oh, every horrible. time I see the commercial, it's just terrible. I just watch it now. Like I said, I watch it reluctantly. I want to see how bad they'll twist the continuity and fuck things up. You know, I get a kick out of. I guess I don't really get a kick out of it because it makes me mad at the same time. I don't know. It's kind of like how your uh, Nate's brother Mike watches reality TV and gets like super pissed about it, but he can't stop watching. Like that's like how I am with Gotham, I guess. Oh, so you just like hate staring at it? Yeah, but I don't know. It's like I, I still have I've seen every episode. It's weird. It's probably because you have this little bit of hope that somehow they're going to turn it around. Yeah, I, I think that's actually, I think you're right about that. That's exactly what it is. So. Yeah. Now I hate it when they get your hooks in you. It's so, it's rough. But all in all, like, uh, that sounds like the arrow has actually been really good. Uh, 
Well, I think it's at the point, the turning point, where it's getting really good. Like, Felicity just left him and, like, took her ring off to put it on the table, pieced out. As he was, like, doing a video of himself on the computer for his bastard son, uh, like, oh, you know, like, I'm your father, Oliver Queen. I'm sorry you didn't get to know me growing up, uh, and I'm going to tell you why right now. And he pauses, and it's like, I'm the Green Arrow. Like, in... Uh, at the end, you see, like, you know, like, his mother, uh, who, you know, doesn't want her son to talk to Oliver, like, ever. You know, he, they had, she's let them talk, but she hasn't let her son know that Oliver's his father. Oh, jeez. Um, and she, she won't let him know until his 18th birthday. But it's kind of cool, because at the end of the episode that they left off on, uh, he, um, you know, the kids, like, she gives him back his flash figurine and uh he said flash is lame i want a green arrow figure or whatever and like he, little does he know like he's gonna find out on his 18th birthday that in fact the green arrow is his father no kidding which what's the name of the kid is it, uh, is it connor it's not connor because they used connor hawk uh in that 2046 episode oh. um i forget his name though i forget his name i don't know Cause but the, the, in the in past books um Green Arrow has also been portrayed as uh, Connor Queen. Yeah, yep. Uh, you know, all I can say is Oliver Queen has a lot of bastard kids out there. It could be anyone. You it know? could be. I, I could be one of the, of Oliver Queen's sons. You know, you don't, you, no one knows. You could make yeah. up the Green Arrow Corps. <laughs> oh, that'd be horrible. All 3,600 <laughs> of you. Because oh. Oliver Queen... Always shoots if uh, his exact mark. Yeah, all right, <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But anyways, um, so yeah, this was the show that started it all. And, uh, of course, we met Barry Allen on the second season, early on in the season two of, of uh, Arrow. He, and, actually, uh, he actually gets hit by the bolt of lightning with all the chemicals and gets turned into the Flash at the very end of the episode. At the end of the episode of Arrow, and then... Uh, the Flash has, you know, spawns out of Arrow, and you have that uh, amazing uh, series in The Flash, which we should get into now. Yeah, so The Flash is like the best show on TV. Oh, it's it's my favorite. It's yeah. it's definitely my favorite. I lo- I love the fact that the technology is finally caught up, so that you can actually have these great characters. Yeah, you couldn't do this. I mean, they tried. John Wesley Ship. Uh, did the Flash in 1990s with the 1990 movie and then the TV series that followed after that. And I mean, for what it was in the time period, it was okay, but, uh, you know, nothing compared to what they can do now for sure. And the, you know, the cool thing though is, is, uh, John Wesley Shipp is, uh, back in the Flash series, in the current Flash series as Henry Allen, as Flash's father. So it's kind of like the Flash, father of the Flash. Yeah. It's, like oh, a big, no. it's a big Flash brouhaha. They brought back a lot of people who were part of the original series, like Mark Hamill. He was actually the trickster originally. Yeah. Yeah. He played the trickster in the 1990s. He's back playing the trickster now, which I love. You know, they kept the same guy. Like that, like they've done a lot to honor the story and, and carry it along. And then, like, yeah, and to yeah. try to uh, bring people back in who believed and were part of the project in the first place. Sure. 
Uh, yeah. So the whole first season is kind of a variation on, um, it's like the coming of age. Barry gets his powers, learns how to use his powers. You meet a lot of, uh, uh, his supporting cast. You run into a lot of his classic villains, like the Trickster and Captain Cold, Heatwave. Grodd. Um, Grodd was a big deal, yeah. Yeah, Gorilla Grodd. And, then, the- and then, of course, like, you know, the big bad guy. And, you know, season one of The Flash, as cool as season two has been with Zoom, uh, in Earth 2 and all that jazz, season one with Reverse Flash is just epic good guy, bad guy, like, just, it doesn't get any better than that. Harrison Wells in, in how Eobard Thawne had, had taken his form and, uh, you know, was secretly playing Barry the whole time and trying to get Barry to get faster and faster so he can steal Barry's speed. Reverse Flash, Eobard Thawne, such a, such a fucking two-timing prick. I love it. And, and he's just doing it all just so he can go back to his original time. Right. And then he tries to kill Barry as a child when he goes back in time, but he failed, so instead he kills his mother instead. So this huge part of Barry's life is this this one little spiteful decision that, that uh, Thrawn made because he did, and uh, they just completed an arc with him in the books where – he hates the Flash because people worship the Flash in the future as like the demigod of the of uh, Central City. Yeah, and he's he he has his own powers and he's ruling with an iron fist. And no matter what he does, people won't love him. And this is why he hates the Flash. So he goes back in time to try to discredit him and fight him. Do anything he basically can to like make sure the, that everyone hates the Flash. Like he doesn't he doesn't just want to kill the Flash. He wants to like kill the Flash, but also just make sure that everyone hates him. You know. Yes, but the the funny thing is, is during the during the show, he he's doing everything he can to protect the Flash and is overprotective of the Flash oh, because yeah. he wants him to to develop his powers the the way they are because he doesn't have good access to the speed force himself right he needs Barry's access to the speed so force so he, he he's both like his his guardian and and the his biggest villain of all time oh yeah it, because he hates the flash so much but every second it's a, it's like a he, really really interesting relationship between those two characters. Yeah, he's he's forged into a role of, of of nurturing when everything in his being is saying that he should just kill him as is. Yeah. And then it'd be problem solved, but he's selfish and he wants to go back to the future where he's from where he's considered a genius even in the future. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. It's you know, the rivalry in this whole storyline, but you know, the, the, of the rivalry between, uh, Barry Allen and Eobard Thawne is something that really rivals in intensity and in sheer suspense Batman Joker. Uh, it is just such an, a iconic, uh, it's, you know, good versus evil, but, but, but it's got its own twist on it its own twist on that relationship there's so much story and deep intertwining and and different things connecting the two it's like it's like eobard's ticket home is his bread and butter is barry allen so he has to nurture and care for barry allen and protect barry allen in any way he can but then at the same fucking time he despises barry allen because barry allen is the flash and the flash 
steals all his thunder in the future. And Eobard can't have that because he is an egomaniac. He is a self-centered son of a bitch. And he's also, like, you know, an insane genius. So, I mean, this is the, the villain that we have in him. And I really hope they just keep having them go at it in future seasons because he's the best villain in the whole Flash I mean, and The Flash has so many great villains, so many great characters. He's the only one who gives Barry Allen fits. Serious, serious fits. Although like, Zoom in season two, and we'll get to season two, um, is giving him fits too, believe me. Zoom's a scary motherfucker. But, uh, well, how far have you gotten into season two, actually? Oh, so I, I can finally finished season one. And then all the, and, uh, on my Hulu, I just, they don't have episode one on there at all. I'm gonna have, try to have to find a way to get caught up. I think they might have the episodes on the CW, but I don't know, I gotta check. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Um, well, you know, I'll do a quick run through. Uh, first, I suppose we should just discuss briefly, uh, uh, the last episode of season one. It was just so cool. Uh, where, uh, Barry goes back in time to save his mother's life. Um, they, it's sort of a, a small callback to Flashpoint in a way. And then, and then he sees a, a future version of himself that has already come back to try and stop Zoom and he knows that Barry's standing there and he tells him not to do anything. Right. So Barry just sits, stands there because he it's trusts like, himself and yeah. he watches Zoom murder his mother. And it, it is like the most, is the most emotional, like, just intense scene out of anything you will see in the DC TV universe probably. It is just, woo! Like, I don't care who you are, you have to like, you know, Take a break after that and, and, and calm down and, and smoke a cigarette or something. I don't know. And then uh, that wasn't even like, and then the episode got crazier after that. He comes back and he's so mad that he goes ahead and he wrecks the old time pod that Zoom right. has. Right. And then they end up getting into this crazy fight and then Eddie Thrawn decides to sacrifice himself and right. change the timeline so that Eobrod would never be born. Right, because uh, obviously Eddie Thawne is the distant uh, relative of Eobard Thawne. Uh, so by Eddie Thawne offing himself, no more Eddie Thawne, you don't get an Eobard Thawne. So that, that solves that, at least for then. And then the black hole. And then, because at this point, like... Like, Barry's been running, like, crazy fast. He's gone back in time, like, twice... And then, and then the black hole becomes unstable. And the last time we see him, he's trying to run so fast that he can go ahead and close the singularity in the sky. That's right. I remember that. Threatening to swallow up the entire planet, let oh, alone the city. That was so good. It was just such a good episode, man. It was just, it was a barn burner. And they did that, and then they, and then they went ahead and they teased Earth 2 with Jay Garrick's helmet right, coming through. Right, with the through. Jay, Jay Garrick's helmet, uh, comes through the portal, and, uh, 
you know, that's the little tease, a little Easter egg for season two. For uh, sorry, for Earth two, which you know takes up pretty much all of season two, anyways. Like you, the word Earth two and and season two, it's like pretty much the same thing. But yeah, I love the whole concept of Earth two. That it, it's a it's, it's really been very interesting within the books. I haven't been too caught up. I kind of pick it up off and on, but usually I'm not disappointed. Yeah, it's a, a book that I actually want to get into um, because it, it does fascinate me. You know, alternate, uh, in this case, it would be an alternate universe, correct? Um, yes. Um, it's like another dimension of Earth with different versions of... And then another great thing about that book is that it doesn't hurt for characters. Usually you're, you're looking for strong characters, and Earth through, it's pretty much just Justice League. Yeah. Like across yeah. the board. But lately they've been kind of showing this alternate timeline, like they're dealing with apocalypse and they're not having as good a time as Earth 1 or is it 0? Well, don't ask me. Hmm. That's a head scratcher. I'm going to go with Earth 1. I think Earth 1's the... Uh... The one with the uh, the continuity that we we know. Yeah, I believe you're right on that. Like I'm an Earth One guy for the most part. Um, you know, uh, that's like the continuity I try to follow. But I do appreciate how far DC will go with their alternate universes, or or uh, I don't know if you'd call it like an alternate dimension or an alternate universe or a parallel universe or or what. But. I believe it's they're like infinite parallel universes. Okay. Because sometimes DC can get really confusing with, like, that's the biggest thing with their continuity issues. Marvel's big mess is what what's going on with time travel all the time. That's their mess. But, oh, yeah. But um, as far as the, the, the different dimensions and different realities, that's, that's DC's big mess. And they've gone through so many, like, big events that have tried to go ahead and capture the same... Um, capture and borrow and continue to tell the story of, of the crisis uh, yeah. on Infinite Earths. And they keep trying to add to it. And, um, I mean, it, it's pretty interesting for the canon and stuff, but at the same time, they haven't been terribly strong and haven't been really good, great stories. So it's just been kind of like, yeah. But with... uh. One of the good things that DC has actually been doing is TV. So with the whole Earth Two angle on uh, the Flash, on yeah. the Flash, then that that might really make things better for for Earth Two. I think. Yeah, it's pretty cool what they've been doing. Uh, you know, I won't dive too far into it. We'll do another uh, recap of these DC TV shows at the end of the seasons. I I figure you know when we can talk about you know. Uh, how each of these shows wrap up for the, for the season. Um, but, um, some things to know for now. Uh, Jay Garrick has come to Earth One and he's come with a message. And the message is that Zoom is coming and that he's afraid for what Zoom is going to do to our universe. Um, so he's also come here without any access to the Speed Force. Uh, he's lost all of his powers as well. Turns out in his universe, for him to access the speed force, he has to take a drug. I forget what the drug is called, but the drug's actually also killing him at the same time. Um, so every time he takes it and turns into the flash, which he has to when Zoom strikes, because he's the only one that can face Zoom, and he, the only one in his universe anyways, that can give Zoom some, you know, some, 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 some pushback. 
Uh, but it, it kills him every time he does it. So it's kind of an interesting uh, battle of give and take there that Jay Garrick has to go through. And Caitlin Snow, uh, you know, sympathizes and, you know, takes him under her nurturing wing, like kind of like how she did with Ronnie Raymond, you know, uh, with the whole firestorm thing until he went crazy and whatever, uh, went away. Uh, so where was I? Um, so, so Zoom, Zoom has been sending these metahumans, uh, through a rip in the, uh, time stream to Earth One, to Central City, to fuck with the Flash. And what he wants to do is he wants to constantly test the Flash and give the Flash as much trouble as possible so he gets faster. Because the faster, once again, the faster the Flash gets, the more speed Zoom can steal from him. It's all about Zoom getting more powerful, and once he finds out that there's this speedster with as much power as the Flash, uh, you know, he wants that speed, but he wants, you know, it's sort of like the equivalent of bringing home uh, a live pig and fattening that pig up as much as possible before you kill it and make bacon out of it or whatever. Right. You know, it's like he wants Barry to be at his fastest before he takes all the speed from him and kills him. So even when Barry is captured in Zoom's dungeon in, in Earth 2, when he gets, when he goes to Earth 2 and he gets captured by Zoom, Zoom lets him go. When he, when, you know, when he gets bailed out of, out of jail by, uh, you know, a bunch of his friends, Cisco and the gang, uh, he lets him go because he, he wants Barry to keep getting faster. It's crazy. So he lets him go back to Earth One, but he, well, what he doesn't know is, is Barry had a way to, you know, sew up that, uh, rip in the time stream. It, however, it, he thought he was keeping Zoom away, um, he hasn't, and we'll find out why soon. I don't want to give anything away from the episode that is supposed to be out this week. So awesome. Yeah, really cool stuff. And, and the whole thing about Zoom is no one knew who he was, uh, until last week's episode. I don't even want to give it away because, uh, you know, I, I just don't want to give, I don't want to be that guy. Okay. Um, cause it's so fresh still. Like, is this the whole thing? Like, like Steve Amell was at like Venice Beach one day or whatever. And like some little kid went up to him and asked him, like, do you know who's, who Zoom is? Like everyone wants to know who Zoom is, like the whole season so far. And like, I guess Ollie, like, or Ollie, Steve Amell told the kid, but I guess it was a lie. It, it wasn't who he said it was. Uh. Either way, <laughs> I know who Zoom is. I'm not going to say anything, but it could be a number of people. A lot of people have been saying that it's actually Henry Allen. A lot of people are saying it's like actually Wally West. I'm getting, we're getting, we're getting some weird ones. Uh, a few people thought it might have been, uh, Jay Garrick's doppelganger from Earth One. Like, I don't know. I was thinking it was actually, uh, Eddie Thon's Earth Two doppelganger maybe, but I was wrong. I'll, I'll say that. Wow. So we don't know who Zoom actually is, but, uh, well, I do, but, um, it's quite the reveal. It's pretty cool. 
and then we'll see what happens with uh, Zoom coming through that, you know, coming coming over to Earth One uh, and starting trouble and how Barry uh, responds to that. So, man, I gotta get my hands on those episodes. Yeah, well, we'll we'll look for them. We'll watch them. I love rewatching The Flash. It's great, but um. I suppose it's time for us to get into a proper show. A show starring a cute, effeminate Englishman <laughs> named Rip Hunter. That's not called Doctor Who? <laughs> he travels through time. And in 2046, Vandal Savage conquered the world and murdered my wife Whoa. and child. <laughs> me, 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 uh, so I guess he murdered my wife and child. I guess I, uh, I guess I should go do something about it. Yes, I'm not, oh, my mind is terribly occupied by this terrible thing. No. So, I mean, it, that is pretty much the story, though. In 2046, Vandal Savage does take over the world and does murder Rip Hunter's wife and child. So Rip Hunter, the time master that he is, uh, assembles a team of people that are inconsequential to the time stream. <laughs> then they find out that... That's why he picked them. Yeah, and they get and then bullshit. they all get butt hurt. They're all. He's like, "Yeah, you're going to be legends," and you, and I just wanted a team of legends. And it's really like he just wanted a team of people that like if if he like took them and put them in like different parts of of the times timeline of the time stream that they wouldn't like it wouldn't affect anything because they have no effect on the time stream whatsoever. Which so is, these characters, he's got. Uh, well, Hawkman and Hawkgirl, and I think the reason for that is because they reincarnate every so often. I know that. Yeah, well, no, and also they're directly linked to Vandal Savage in the series. Right, right. Vandal they're... Savage does this ritual that that saps their power, and every time he he uh, kills them and takes their essence, he becomes more powerful. Okay, so, uh yeah, that's why they're there, and obviously... um they're the only ones that can, or one of the only people that can kill Vandal Savage, you know. So, uh, he, Rip, Rip needs them. Uh, but then you got Ray Palmer, the Atom, who's like, you know, brilliant scientist, and he can make himself, you know, using his, the suit, the Atom suit, he can make himself, like, really, Shrink really down. large or really, really small. Yep. And he can fly, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, all in all, Ray Palmer was a pretty badass. He's kind of pretty much got, like, the Iron Man suit, but he does the whole, uh, Ant-Man thing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a blend of those two. It's pretty neat. Um, it's a cool character that if they, you know, if they expanded on him in the uh, comic book continuity, they'd have success, but they don't because well, they, they're idiots. They need to write him as more of like an adventure book. Like he shrinks down and goes into places that people really should never go and then gets yeah. into fights with like ravenous amoebas and bacteria and stuff. And like, like those would be great stories if they did it more of like, you know, just a, a going on adventures, almost like in the Mighty Marvel manner, you might say. He's like, I, I you, 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 you describe those things, and I think of Ant Man and his adventures, and that's the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah, that's what Stan. If Stan was given a character like that, he'd like, oh, we'll do this in the Mighty Marvel manner, and he'll, yeah, he'll be fighting amoebas and this and that, and going inside, you know, computer, uh, fixing machines from yeah. the inside, and or whatever, and, and curing disease. Like, the president's got the smallpox. Whatever like, it might be. Adam, we need your help. Like, dun, 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 dun. I'm going to shrink down and kill smallpox. And he he could do that. Yeah. Uh, so um, you got him. You got 
White Canary, Sarah Lance, uh, who uh, used to be Black Canary, was murdered by, technically by Thea Queen, but it was really Malcolm Merlin's fault. Um, surprise, surprise there. Either way, um, she, she is reincarnated via Lazarus Pit and has come back as White Canary. And has a ravenous urge to kill all the time that she has to repress. <laughs> that and lesbian sex. Lots of that, too, yeah. Yeah, she's got those urges. Uh, Captain Cold and Heatwave are part of the team, oddly enough. Uh, so like some the, of the Flash's rogues. I just don't see how, like, the, like, one of the other villains who keeps giving Barry fits is somehow inconsequential to the timeline. I know, right? I mean, he really is just about the score and himself, so I don't think he'd have an effect outwardly, but I mean... Why don't we stretch our legs back there at that bank? <laughs> <laughs> Let's stretch our legs and head back three blocks to that bank we saw. <laughs> yeah, I love that line from Legends when they were uh, in the Star City 2046 and Mick like makes himself at home and he puts on his fur coat and becomes a gang leader. Oh yeah, I know he like fits right in and he's like like the alpha male like in front of all these criminals because he's got his fu- flame gun. I love the dystopian future stuff, though, so you know I love that episode. That's my favorite fucking episode. No, oh, that's easily oh. the best episode. So and, far. Uh, and then they the, the old school you. Oliver Queen with the mechanical arm, and he's all like depressed and shit. And fighting, um, and fighting the, uh, the Slade son. Yeah, yeah. Grant Wilson, I think they were calling him in the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Um, where were we on the cast? Uh, Cabin Cold and Heat Wave. And then uh, Dr. Stein and Doc- Jefferson who make up Firestorm. <laughs> Jeff Jefferson! <laughs> In the last episode, all they did was talk about girls the whole time. While everyone else was doing work. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then like, Dr. Stein was being a little catty little girl. Talking about girls. And then, and then Ray Palmer ends up getting shot down by Hot Girl even though they end up developing something like a couple episodes later. Yeah, they're on and off. They're hot and cold. I know that. Um, interesting, you know, interesting little relationship there. Yeah. But uh, I love how they like they. It's it's cool because like you're you're pretty much running into Vandal Savage every single episode. Yeah, and he's always doing something dastardly, and it's he's a great. The guy they got playing him is awesome. He's just a good actor. You know, he's a great villain. He's he's be- becoming. Uh, you know, one of the big, big DC TV universe villains. Him, reverse, him and Reverse Flash. Him and Eobard Thawne are like the two biggest, I'd say. Uh, I've loved Vandal Savage from the books ever since I read the character from Demon Knights. Oh, yeah. Yep. The de- in the Demon Knights book, it was supposed to be like uh, what Stormwatch ended up becoming. Or what, what, what Stormwatch was before it became Stormwatch. And it had so many original good characters and eventually they just, they just, uh, they stopped making it. And I thought, I thought it had a lot of potential, but the Vandal Savage character is just this immortal bastard who always regenerates and has that zero problems with hurting or stealing or manipulating people. And, and, oh, yeah. and, uh, and you see much of the same here. Now, of course, the character over time gains intelligence, learns to do mad scientist things, learns to create his own cults. He's he's always he's always like pulling the strings from the shadows. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, you know, he's 
they had that episode where he was playing a huge hand in the Cold War. Uh, what else do they have him doing? Uh, creating the hawk. Uh, human hybrids with that meteorite. Oh yeah, doing that creepy uh, mad scientist stuff. Yeah. Um. Then uh, they had him as. Oh, that was the same episode. Yeah, when he was supposed to be like a psychiatrist and like. A, he had this whole wing of the like yeah. the asylum dedicated to him, where he just do experiments on people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's always up to no good, and the the legends have to come save the day. Yeah. No, I think the best part of the series so far is that Rip Hunter goes ahead. He has this knife to. Um, to Vandal Savage's throat. This is the second time he's had a chance to kill him. He actually does the job, slits his throat, and then, and then he, he, he goes ahead and he's like, I finally avenged my wife and son, and then says their names, but then Vandal Savage is like, says something to the effect of like, you idiot, I'm going to regenerate, <laughs> and then I know exactly who to look for in 2046. Yeah. And it was, it was just like, Pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, actually, isn't it twenty one forty six? I think it was a little further up there. Actually, I have no idea about the the dates. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Mem- mesmer- I memorize a lot of comic book stuff. Dates really aren't one of them because, like, they they do such a weird job of like dealing with continuity in time as it is. Oh yeah, definitely. Why why why, why memor- memorize dates? Unless it's like a major part of the plot. But there's nothing like that in Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely, yeah, you don't need to, you don't need to memorize that to enjoy the show. It's great. It's a great show though. All these shows have been great. They, they are starting to do a lot of crossovers with these shows. You know, we mentioned the Oliver Queen crossover in Legends of Tomorrow. We mentioned the Flash crossovers with, uh, Arrow and, uh, just announced not too long ago, there's going to be a Flash Supergirl crossover. And, uh, you know, that officially, uh, you know, etches in stone that Supergirl is in fact part of the DC TV universe. And that it's been renewed for a second season. Yes, it has been renewed for a second season. That's, I haven't that's seen correct. it yet, but I've heard that they've um, they've introduced a lot of compelling characters from the DCU, like the like Martian Manhunter is part of the show, from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, they introduced Martian Manhunter. Uh, um, they've also introduced uh, a lot of key DC villains, like Live Wire, um, who's like a big uh, villainous uh, Maxwell Lord, who's you know a big heel in the DCU. Uh, I'm trying to think of others. I've seen about four episodes now. I'm giving it a chance. I'm not going to lie. It has been a little difficult for me to get into this one, um, but I think that's because of the themes they've been using. They're not, you know, it's it's not a show filled with machismo. You know, if you're looking for blood and guts and shoot 'em ups or action sequences, I mean, she has her action sequences and they're cool. And I think, uh, you know, they, they did a real good job with the CGI in regards to, uh, her flying and, you know, using her powers and things like that. Um, they gonna, they've done a good job as well with, uh, the villains they've had so far. Um, but, you know, a lot of it is her, you know, working at this, you know, hoity-toity social media gossip 
company. I don't fuck. I, I still haven't quite figured it out. But Callista Flockhart plays her boss, and it's just she's just kind of like really bitchy, and she always has to get her like all this stuff, and coffee, and I don't know. And then like Jimmy Olsen is this tall black guy with no hair. He's like bald and. Uh, that, like, doesn't follow the story at all, and then, like, she, like, is falling for him, and... You think it's, like, just a coincidence? Like, they talk about Superman on it, the show, it, too, it, don't it, they? It might be a, just a coincidence, I don't know. Like, um, oh, my Jimmy Olsen's different from your Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, um, I haven't heard that, but, um, they, they, they mention Clark, and they mention Superman, and they mention that Clark is Superman quite a few times on the show. Um, she knows of her cousin. She knows that he's Clark Kent. She knows that Clark Kent is Superman. Blah, 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 blah. But basically, uh, she tells this Jimmy Olsen character, he might be the Jimmy Olsen from Metropolis. I don't think he is. Uh, yeah, he tells, he tells her, tells him everything. You know, just meet, just, they just meet and she just tells him everything. Cause girls just tell everyone everything. They don't, you know, nothing, nothing stays secret. Yeah, that's dangerous. She, she, she tells her. Go, go tell people who Superman is. She, she, she's telling. It's just like a bad idea. Oh, it's horrible. She's telling people who Superman is. She's telling everyone who, who she is. Not giving a fuck. Just like, it's gonna come back and just bite her in the ass so bad. I can already see it. Yeah, it's. It's so funny, because, like, the secret identities are such a closely guarded secret within the books, and, like, it's always, like, a huge deal when somebody finds out a secret identity within the books. It's a major plot device that they actually use, and here she is just throwing it around like it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm waiting for her to come out with the music video, like, My Cousin is Superman, followed by, like, the hit single, I'm Supergirl, you know? My cousin is Superman. She's doing like synchronized flying with like doves. <laughs> Meanwhile, Clark Kent sitting in like Metropolis, like with like a paper bag over his head, like like. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll, I'll continue to try to give that show a chance for a couple more episodes. How about that? And uh, if you know, I don't enjoy it. Uh, well, whether I enjoy it or not, we'll talk about it next time around. But, you know, when these shows conclude for their seasons uh, and we do a recap, uh, I'll let you know, yay or nay on Supergirl. Right now, I'd say nay. It's not worth your time. Uh, but I can see why some people like it. Well, I don't uh, know. I mean, watch it. there's a possibility that, like, the key demographic that they're trying to, to um, cater to is actually that of of uh, of women yeah, like, you're definitely right. That's pretty much it's, it's what they're, good. they're trying to like loosely incorporate like a comic book story into like, you know, a, a women's show of sorts. Yeah. Well, no, there are a lot of, you women can just, you can just tell, comics. you can just tell like there's just, there's a lot of estrogen in that show. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not going to please everyone, you uh, know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's actually one of my, my big dreams is that all, all women end up loving comic books. Yeah, so if this helps, then, you know, so be it. Yeah, let's push that agenda. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, I think we covered a lot of ground today. We uh definitely gave a pretty solid update of the DC TV universe. 
Um, so I believe this concludes yet another compelling episode of the Vigilant Geek Podcast. For those of you that have been listening, I want to thank you very much. Please, please like our YouTube page. Um, we will post the link in the blog, which is thevigilantgeek.blogspot.com. Uh, and please continue to enjoy our podcasts uh, as well as uh, the articles on the blog. Um, so thank you, Holden. Oh, we got th- thank you, Andrew. Uh, we got Holden Orm, uh, who always joins me, uh, mo- most likely more often than not. Although he has joined me every time since. <laughs> and uh, we want to remind you all to stay, stay vigilant. vigilant.